Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colm Duff and I'll be your host for this week's episode. First of all, apologies we went here last week. Um, I'd like to come out with a really good excuse for Savage Plan, but we're a shit lazy bastards, um, so that's all you're really getting from us. My fellow lazy bastard, hand in hand, Graham Curry, how are you doing? Very well, Colin. Yeah, just the usual... Waiting for the football to start. This international break is never good, is it? We just miss what proper football. But we're nearly there. We're nearly I'll, there. I'll, I'll be honest, Graham. I think this has been one of my favourite international breaks because I've not seen one international game. I've been too busy doing other shit. Um, usually I realise how boring it is when I sit down to watch a game. No, I've, I've caught a couple. I've seen the Scotland games. And I think I've seen one of the England games. Hungary, they played, I think. Um, but I uh, it's... It's, it's not really a real thing, is it? You just miss the real football. That we do, that we do. But um, <laughs> as much as I've not seen any of it, I've um, I've had to uh, kind of scribble through the highlights because we've had a fair few players representing an international stage. Uh, let's run through a couple of the, the highlights. Start from the top. Philip Hollander is having the best fortnight of his life. He was playing centre-half when Sweden beat Spain. He single-handedly revived ABBA and he's <laughs> the header that killed the daily record. What? Fucking hell, man. It's all downhill for here, Phil. Yeah, highlight for me is ABBA, but... <laughs> no, it's... Um, he didn't feature too much uh, in the Euros, but, you know, we, I think we've all seen in the Euros Spain are a very hard side to keep out. They'll make a lot of make a lot of chances, um, very, very attacking side, very forward thinking. He's back in the line-up with the starting 11 again the night for Greece, so I think um, we always knew he was talented enough to be playing at the international stage. I think it was just a case of him keep getting into the position and keeping it, so it's good to see that that's two games in a shot on the big stage. Aye, because the, the Euro is the boy that kept him out, um, whose name escaped me. Um, he was a boy that gets sent off, actually, but uh, the, guy, the guy's name escapes me. So I, I was expecting to see him in the, in the Euros, and we didn't get to see much of him. But, yeah, hopefully he gets his, gets his place and keeps his place. And keep him Spain out, well, there's no, there's no mean feat, you know, to defeat the M's. Um, quite an achievement. I was a bit, um, <clears throat> was a bit surprised about that result, obviously. But one thing to go back to there, you say about the the Spanish. I don't remember their striker being too hot in the Euros. Although they created loads of chances, their striker wasn't that that great. Was it Marata that was up front for them? He didn't uh, do much at all at the Euros, did he? So um, that was the only thing that was lacking for Spain. Other than that, they looked brilliant through it. Throughout the whole team, um, and as you say, he created, created loads of chances. So, I feel play a big fill. He's had a right good couple of weeks. Um, moving across the back line, Borna Barisic didn't play in Croatia's first uh, first game, but apparently he was the best player in the park last night. And as much as I wanted big up Borna because I love him, I don't know if the company that put out the player ratings were one of these stat companies. 
where it's like you get an average of how many fucking miles you've covered in it compared to how many times you've touched the ball and how many how many times you turned left before turning right. I'd see all these fucking XG and all that part. But they were getting a man in the match, so I'll take that. Aye, steady to strength for Borna again and all again that lost it at the Euros for whatever reason, we're not sure. I don't know if it was injury or manager didn't fancy him, but he didn't get his game time that we all expected. We expected him to shine at the tournament. But yeah, let's hope he gets through a nice qualifying campaign with his, with his country and, and starts to show what we all know that he can do. Is this like is this the chance for Borna to kick start? That's such a cliche, but it's you know what I mean. He's looked, he's looked as if he's not really rested for last season, as you said, and it almost looked as if he needed like one game, one performance to reset. We've seen it with um, last season with Borna Barisic when he got that goal against the Mirren. It was, it was the day too great, and the build up to that, and then that game just projected him. Is this the performance he needed? I think it's crossed, you know, we can only wait and see what he does for Rangers, can we? But he's not had the greatest of starts to the season, and I think you're right, we can only put it down to something to be there with his fitness. He's not quite been at it, it's, um, it's left me perplexed anyway. Uh, and I think um, I, I'm probably I'm probably being a bit unfair saying this is a game that kickstarts the season because I thought he was played very well against Celtic. I'm just remembering we've not spoke about the Celtic game, but Calvin Bassey was obviously out either as a close contact or through having COVID. Bassey was playing very well in the lead up to the, the Celtic game and I thought Bonner had done really well. Um, Gary McAllister said afterwards that that was like Bonner's reaction. We all thought he was Roy Roma, uh, the way he was kissing pitch, but you've seen that reaction was that's, that's him finding his level again. Um, I'm hoping this is the start of something beautiful. I really do. Uh, it was a nice reaction to see that, actually, just to... I think he's immersed himself within the, within the, the culture of the club and... He gets it, and that's obviously the first time we've had a full house like that. It's that noise in the stadium for such a long time. So, um, no, it was good to see that reaction. Obviously, the result helped everybody's um, everybody's emotions, but um, yeah, it was good to see. No, it's not got enough attention over the last two weeks. See, as Borna went over to take that corner, leading to Big Phil's goal. Before he took the corner, he turned to the corner in front and he was waving his arms to get the crowd up. That's, that was brilliant. Uh, yes, because it doesn't get shown in the replays very often. I've no. seen a couple of replays where it does show you, but um, uh, it certainly lifted them. It was just... It was as if he knew what was about to happen. <laughs> but I've, I've seen Celtic try to defend corners before. <laughs> um, I'll let you talk about Nathan Patterson then. Obviously, I was... Um, on the Swally Saturday night, no seen any of the Scotland game. Um, hearing rave reviews, are they justified? So, to put it into a bit of perspective, it was up against Moldova. So, that's the first thing to say. Quality opposition's not that great. Um, I actually stayed in a hotel in Glasgow the night before the Scotland game. And I was staying in the same hotel that Moldova, the, the Moldova team were staying in. So 
I, I got to see them, you know, and uh, in the morning, the next morning, a couple of them were outside having a fag. <laughs> Fuck off. I said, I'm no joking. Full tracksuit on, out having a smoke. And I'm like, they might have been coaches, right? So I kind of recognise a Moldovan player, but I was, I was trying to, to look at them and see if I could see them later on. But uh, I, true enough, they were outside having a smoke. So that's the level of opposition he was up against. Let's let's get that for a start. He had a couple of misplaced passes in the first 10 minutes and didn't really do anything going forward in the first 10 minutes that I could see. But once he got into his groove, there was nothing stopping him. There was just that first 10 minutes, it was a wee bit shaky. After that, it was fantastic. He was driving forward. He was um, anticipating passes very well. So he was holding his position, jumping in front of players when the passes were coming. And he'd done a really solid job. He'd done, he'd done really well, I thought, um, and showed himself up to be deserving of being on that stage. He is an international right back now, and I think he's deserving of that tag. So... I very good, very good performance. Annie had a hand in the he had a hand in the goal. It was him that actually intercepted the ball in the, in the midfield or the fence and, and drove us forward. So uh, see, I have I have seen the the goal and the part he played in it, and that that is a very typical Nathan Patterson move. Obviously, he's he's still very raw, and I think we need to remember that as talented as he is. He's nowhere near the player he's already been four or five years' time. He's very raw and he's starting to harness his all-round game. But one thing is, he's just sniffs blood. Um, he, he's got such great off-the-ball vision, if you get me. And we've seen him make that run and put players under pressure. Time time again, before that player even shouts for the ball, he's running towards him and he's just on him like a, like a flash, all over him like a rash. And aye, that's... That's a massive, um, massive attribute he's got, and it's brilliant to watch. And it's been coached into him by the Rangers coaches. I think we've talked about this before, and it's one of the, one of our best video, one of our favourite videos is Stephen Gerrard's first training session, and he's talking about no, you close down. If you're going to close down, you go and close down. You don't go in half-hearted, and that's something that's been drilled into him. You go. And, close things down, you do it early, you do it hard and you don't go half-hearted so um, and yeah we're seeing the we're seeing that, that coming to fruition now, it's um, definitely a, a great attribute that he's got. As, as much as I am I am on the Nathan Patterson bandwagon, I still don't think we need to be panicking, you might, you might uh, think uh, I'm wrong here, I don't think right now we need to be panicking of how we mould the team around Patterson and Tavernier playing every week and moving Tavernier in the midfield or rotating that I still think go to right back she played a better one right, regardless of that right now I think it's Tavernier and I think right now Patterson will benefit for competing Aye it's, I think maybe we were guilty of it as well as building it up to be a an either or thing at the start of the season or the end of last season the beginning of this season saying who is we're right back but I think it is Tav. Tav is right back. He's a captain. And if Patterson continues to do what he's doing, he'll get the relevant game time. He'll get the necessary time on the pitch and he'll develop right. He doesn't need to go anywhere. He just keeps doing what he's doing because he's getting, he's getting better with every performance. So 
uh, long may continue. Uh, moving on, uh, we'll move on to Yanis Hadji next. Um, very up and down week for him. Back in the Romania team, obviously, to, I think it was maybe the middle of 2020 that he actually dropped down the Romanian under-21s. He agreed to drop down uh, to try and get his form back up. And then after, after that round of fixtures, came back up. Um, and he's been another presence since. I always forget how much a an icon Haji is right now in Romania. Um, obviously through his dad, but he's he's like fucking what David Beckham was when he broke through over there. He's uh, he's the face of Pepsi. Like he's um he's huge over there. Um so he's never wrote to be short of support. But um through what I've seen and I've seen a few highlights. My favourite highlight is this long cross ball uh, switched over the uh, other side of the park to Haji. And it's so high, and he, the way he traps it, kind of like a wee, a wee flick. He's, he's such a talent. But uh, he got an assist for Romania, then he went and got COVID. Um, for a selfish point of view, um, got it for him, got it for Rangers. Uh, he's got to be a big loss. I think he's got to be out for 20 days now. Why? So, something to do with the length of time he has to quarantine. In Romania, then come back when they uh, something like that. Aye. I realise it was as long as that. I was expecting it was just a standard 10 days, but so he has to do 10 days in Romania, then 10 days in the UK. I don't know the exact ins and outs, but mm-hmm. it's, it's close to three weeks. Aye. Well, that's not so good. I knew he was at for St Johnston, but I didn't realise it was going to be as, as long as that. Well, saying that, I announced uh, three weeks ago on this podcast that Glenn Kamara had signed a new contract. So, listeners, take that with a pinch of salt. Are you doubting yourself now? <laughs> oh, fuck. I was hoping every time I say something like this, I just hope the other person agrees with me. And then, <laughs> um, well, he's at least out for St. Johnston. But anyway, obviously, the, the biggest thing is that he's, he's, he's safe and healthy. Um, and he, comes through um I had a three, four weeks ago. Um it wasn't pleasant. So hopefully RJ makes a makes a full recovery. But I suppose this begs uh, the question on international football right now. Uh, we we all have different uh, enthusiasm on international football but currently during the pandemic giant clubs are going to get to the point where they just really just put up a fight until COVID is completely done and dusted that the internationals don't go ahead. No, I don't think there's the... I don't think it's going to happen. I think it'll just continue. We'll just need to get on with it. I kind of see... Yeah, I kind of see clubs putting up a fight. They might withdraw their players, but I think that would cause too much astuce and, and... Nah... I think the players want to play for their national team as well. I think you need to for, for, you forget that, you know, that a lot of fans in Scotland might not be so enamoured by international football. That If I was a professional football player, I would want to represent my country as well. So you've got to imagine that these people are, are wanting to go away with and, and, and play for their team. So... It's not just about the club saying, oh, we don't want you because we're going to lose you for fixtures. You're, you're potentially upsetting you know, guys that are passionate. I mean, 
I get the impression Morelos is very, very um, patriotic and passionate about his country. So do you rob them? Do you rob the guy of that that opportunity? I'm just using Morelos as one example, but any player really is going to be passionate. And I mean, you're going to tell Steve Davis, no, you can't go to, you can't go away with Northern Ireland. It's not. It's probably not the right thing to do. He's represented his country over a hundred times, and he obviously does it because he, he wants to. And so, no. Uh, to answer the question, no, I don't think there'll come a point when clubs withdraw their players. I think we just we need to live with it and just accept that. Just because we've no good enthusiasm for it doesn't mean everybody else doesn't. I I think um, I I don't think countries out with the UK like fan wise share or like loathe for internationals. It's very like I think over the continent it's you know, everybody will fully come together. Um, like and it's a, such an event every time the country plays. Um, what a laugh that must be. I wonder what that's like. Um, a couple of other players, though, again, just to talk about patriotism, and um, I mentioned for Kmart Roof. Kmart Roof made his uh, debut for Jamaica. Yeah, he made his debut this week, so um, I think they get gubbed. I think 3 0, maybe. I've not checked the result, but I'm sure it was 3 0. Um, they get beat at Panama. Um, try, great again, another one of, one of our Rangers players now an internationalist, so we've got a, a squad full of them. I know, it's brilliant to see. Absolutely fantastic to see. Uh, I just want to give a shout-out for the under-21s as well. We had five players uh, playing against Turkey the other night as well. Five players in the starting lineup: Lewis Mayo, Glenn Middleton, Stephen Kelly, Kai Kennedy and Ben Williamson. Obviously four out of five of them are on loan, but still still Rangers players. Glenn Middleton actually got the first goal. Um, and we had maybe three or four in their under-18s as well, so it's good that we're, we've still got that core up and down the club, um, just getting recognised at every age group. I was flabbergasted at um, Glenn Middleton. I didn't realise he was so young. He just seems to have been on the scene for such a long time, you know. He seems as if he played for Rangers five five years ago, but obviously no, maybe I'm a... My mind's playing tricks on me, but he had that right good game in UEFA Cup one time, or you know, and I I don't know if this is maybe one of the ones where he's like 22, 23, but you're allowed. No, he, he's definitely not 23, sorry. Yeah, at most, he's 22. I so I was really surprised to see him there, but um, he's obviously doing well, you know, he's had a good few performances for St Johnston as well. So, um, I just checked, yes, he's 21. He's born in January, first of January, New Year's Day. There you go. There you go. It was weird they played through the middle for Scotland under twenty ones, but Zach Rudden played wide right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would have thought that would have been another way about, but no, um it's I hope he has a, a decent season. Um just he's a confidence player. Uh, there's a definitely talent there, uh, in Glenn Middleton, but said time and time again, he's a confidence player. So Internationals pretty much done and dusted. Graham, know that you shouldn't need any help to get buzzing for Rangers being back on Saturday. But if you did, how would you get yourself pumped up? I don't know where this question's going, Colin. I don't know. Put some music on. Put my scarf on. Once I put my scarf on, I start to get buzzing. 
I feel like that's a good question. Where are you going? You suggested with this point in the agenda, hence why I'm putting it out of you. The new Rangers films that were released by any club. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay. Hey, that was a tedious link that you've just done there. Aye, ah, okay. So if I get up for it. Okay, this is why this podcast is free, folks. <laughs> Aye, okay. So um, Rangers have released a couple of films this week that I've not yet watched, but I will be watching. Um, at the weekend, uh, one came out a few days ago, 55 or Relentless, it's called. Um, and I've seen the I've seen the trailer for it, and I've seen a few people comment on it or that I've already watched it. So I'm really looking forward to watching that. Um, looks to be good content coming out. So that's the Relentless one, celebrating the 55th title. And then there's another one released today, um, which is the 8th of September. And this is a look back to 1972. So a triumph in Barcelona is going to be put on the film. And I think there's new content, maybe a few interviews with a few of the players at the time and a few key figures around the, around the, the club at the time. So I, I'm looking forward to that one as well, just equally as, as much as the relentless one. But I kind of like the historic stuff about Rangers. I like to look back and stuff, uh, even though I was not at the games, or I like to know the history of Rangers, so I'm really looking forward to getting onto the Rangers TV and, and buying the, the films. And, and I hope that, obviously, I, I'm really looking the relentless one's your headliner. You know, that's a, that's a big fucking band that everybody knows about, like Oasis, you know. There's, the 72 one, that probably won't get as much hype, but it it should, it absolutely should. Um, I, I think in the year where we're going to be celebrating the 150th anniversary, what I really hope that that's the first of many. Uh, also, we, we've done a few history shows over the last year, just on different periods of time, different um, different events through Rangers history. Um, last one we recorded was the Driver Cup, uh, yet to be released. But I hope as part of the 150th year celebrations there's more I guess we go back to Bill Struth's like unofficial nine in a row we go back to guys like Tiger Shaw we go back to the obviously there won't be any video content for the um, Founding Fathers but even a documentary style um, definitely a market there for, for that um, as much as I'm the first to complain how much money the, the club has to pay. I mean, I've paid 650 quid this year and I've only been to one game for tickets. Um, I'm still going to pay for, for these as well, so I can't even... I'm definitionally a mug punter. Uh, but it's a fiver. The relentless is a fiver. You know, that's... You pay that no problem. There's no... That's not a barrier to that. I don't think that... I think that's a fair pricing point that the Rangers have come up with. Uh, you know, it's... Yeah, for me, that's a fair price. And you get to keep it for a year. Do you? Right. Right. So a fiver a watch. A fiver, you get to keep it for a year. Aye. Aye, that's a, that's a really good thing that they're coming out with. And obviously, the media team have been getting a lot better the last few years. So this is obviously um, the next step. Maybe these sort of pay-per-view movies or pay-per-view films that you're, that you're going to get. And, you know, I'm a, I'll be a customer, no problem for that sort of thing. One for it. It's probably one uh, for my next night out. I'm going to buy it hungover because I like a good, I like a tearjerker when I'm hungover. Cry it all fucking, I uh, regret it me. So that'll be the, that's my plan for my next night out. 
Well, I'm going to watch it at the weekend and get myself up for the game. <laughs> Pumped up for the game. Eh? Pumped up for the game. Do you see how I brought that back? Aye, there we go. No, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. <laughs> um, aye, so... St Johnston away, uh, I think the Rangers have been given the, the usual allocation. Um, one one set of folk who probably won't be looking forward to uh, the game as uh, a daily record. I don't even know if they'll be invited in. I um, don't know how pally they are with St Johnston. But they've had a, they've had a fucking hell of a week, haven't they? Um, I think, you know, I briefly spoke about it beforehand, um, there's everybody has been talking about it and we don't really want to we don't really want to overkill the message but at the same time we we do both agree with what's been going on in terms of really the message heart and hand and um you know forwards the fourth official or them we've been putting out so for me Graham I'm pretty much absolutely back David Edgar heart and hand um and I can firmly say fuck the daily record that's my opinion on it um the the sooner they go out of existence as a as a company. I, I, I once decent newspaper like thirty years ago, but it, this isn't a new thing for them. It has been going this way, and they've stripped to the lowest of the law, and they absolutely deserve everything that's coming in them. I feel really sorry for the boys at the the heart and hand. Um, the amount of things that you could find on on Twitter about people. And they've managed to dig it up for years ago. Um, the boys have said, you know, it's wrong. They've apologised for it. And they've obviously, that takes courage as well to be able to actually own up to your mistakes. You know, you could have backed down or you could have hid away from that. Or they were, they were quick. They were very fast to say, hands up, apologies, and they accepted it. That's the right thing to do, I think. I'm just sad it's came to that because it shouldn't it shouldn't be on the front page of a newspaper, that sort of thing. Just two guys, you know, it's not as if they're prominent media figures or that you know, I think one of the, the lines that they had said was it's in the public interest, and it's like in in whose public interest and in what who's interested in what these two guys are going to say on Twitter, other than the people that follow them. It's like it's to me it's just grossly unfair. And I don't think, you know, again, it's been said that it's offensive. They've been saying offensive things. Nobody's offended. I don't know him that it's offended by these things. I, I, I just don't get that line that it's offensive. To then, yeah. I, so, I don't know why it's, why, why it's been, been labelled as offensive. No, so, so, in that, so on, on that, the, the words used, you know, they... The guys have said themselves they they shouldn't have been using their words and their their terms and stuff because they can be offensive to you know to groups to people people can find that and people do find that offensive across across Britain. What one of the things that's really disgusting about this is the fact that the Daily Record fake outrage takes a shine off people who who would actually have been hurt by this. That the four outrage just takes it, takes the message away from you know we are trying to do right for these people. It's you weren't you were trying to ruin two 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 guys' lives and their family's lives just because what team they support. And that's that's unforgivable. It's absolutely disgusting. It's disgusting. 
and then as you say to label it label it as in the public interest nobody nobody has went to the daily record and said i'm offended by this i want you to run this story one of the journalists has went and looked for a smoking gun they've looked for something to be offended by they couldn't find it for david egger so they found it for his two pals um it's and then forgot to look at the rain twitter before they had done it huh they've not looked at the rain twitter before they started dragging up you know came back to 2012 maybe you should have looked at your end tweets at 2012 before you started this um and then the fallout from it fantastic the amount of support and we 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 lend our support to the heart and hand uh team you know great guys i don't know i've been to a couple of live shows did i go to a live show with you i've been in my um up at the ibrook suite you know great content that they put out all good guys and they all speak well they know they've got um they have got a good group of contributors there and we they we support them you know we support the stance that they've took but everybody's rallied around rallied around the heart and hand team and they've um they've backed them in the right way they've called out all the hypocrisy and you don't see the same level and this is a frustrating part again is you don't see the level of criticism and quick to judgment that you did with these two guys going on the front page it's it's totally unfair unbalanced and yeah it's a disgusting thing for us to have happened i really do feel for the two boys it's um it's a shameful as um you know i i'll just repeat what i said on on twitter the other day um, i tied for fall heart and hand the fourth official who was a, a non-rangers related account for lads had a dream the blog you don't need to go to the daily record or the sun or even the bbc for professional coverage now on rangers you've got it there you get better content you get rangers content and more with these platforms you've got uh, so many an absolute well well littered way with decent podcasts and for rangers fan media we've got the youtubers as well we've got decent general scottish football podcast as well I've, I've, you know I've tied a few you don't need to you don't need the daily record MD for this um, more often than not the daily record are taking um, stories from stories from this fan media Christ like I, the, the Sun and the daily record um, both ran stories on the Dave King interview we done um, because they, they couldn't get any other information on regards to it you know we were and uh, I was I was about to complain about about it, but they did tag us. They did say speaking to the Garden View podcast or see if they claimed it as their own. I fucking would have went petrol on the place. Um, or they go, I'll probably get um, shut down for saying that. But um, so we don't need them. I've uh, I've been in contact uh, with the club over the last year just about different uh, like press opportunities and people involved with the club as well. I've emailed the club directly saying no, but I absolutely support the initiative they put out in involving fan media and I'd be really, really disappointed if A, they were to like, take action against this uh, them for mm-hmm. for the 
for basically the tweets of two individuals, two volunteers, and be I'd be really disappointed if the club don't openly back uh, the Heart and Hand platform. So we'll wait and see. That is the one thing that's missing on it, is that open support. We've not seen that yeah. for Rangers. It's, um, but then, is it their place? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it is their place to do it, because it's it's kind of a, a beef between two different companies. It's a heart and hands, one company, Daily Records, another company. You don't see Rangers getting involved in any other mm-hmm. disputes with any other partner. So they've got loads of partners, you know, just if they've got if the tyre company, Tomet, Tomtet or whatever they're called, if they get into a dispute, you don't see Rangers getting involved. So I'm a little bit uneasy about saying that Rangers should be openly supporting Heart and Hand. All I would hope is that when Heart and Hand go to their, con- their press conferences, it's as if nothing's happened, you know, and you come and, and David gets to ask his questions as he has been and... Um, yeah, and goes unimpeded with that. That's probably fair. That it was in heat at the moment. I was typing this. There's probably a lot of that. A lot more capitals than there should be. Um, got uh, got got help where I was reading that and just checking my grammar. But anyway, let's finish on the high on the actual football itself. So the league champions go up against the the Messi Cup double winners. Um, as much as I'm confident, I think it will be a decent enough game. Um, I, I think St Johnston they've they've shown their decent side over the last year. Um, I, I still think they'll um, be a bit conserv- conservative to sit in, try and pick Rangers off uh, on the break. But um, I don't think St Johnston will be expecting a hiding. I think they'll be hoping they get something for the game. Um, I don't think St Johnston are going to put up much at all. Nah, they're not looking good at all this season. I don't know if it's the European adventures that have sort of took their mind off the game or whatever, but um, no, they've not won a game this season in, in the league. So, although to be fair, they put up a decent fair. I watched the Galatasaray game at McDermott. I watched that in the telly and they looked okay. They did look all right for the first hour. And I think Galatasaray just had the fitness, um, had a better level of fitness than them. And I think one of their defenders had a, bit of a, had a bit of a nightmare in one of their goals. But St Johnston only looking good at all this season, from what I can see. Um, I've watched a few, couple of their games and seen also the highlights of the others. But no, I'd be expecting a, a comfortable victory at the weekend, depending on what we've got as a squad. It's hard to pick out what we're even going to have as a squad, is it? Well... It's, it's hard to tell who still be isolating or who's not because um, we didn't know still don't know who was confirmed we haven't having COVID and who was just a close contact um, and the international break's no finish yet there's games still on the night you know oh, so there's, you, there's still that opportunity that you know fingers crossed nothing happens but you get that opportunity that you guys are going on planes and are still part of squads at the moment so they'll be in hotels and whatever so you, it's fingers crossed that everybody comes back healthy and, and unaffected. And then what do we have as a squad to then piece together? Uh, I'd, I'd be looking for this to... Close without saying it's a cliche. I don't want one eye on Thursday night. I know we're going to play Leon, but we, we need to go in and really start finding a, a core core group of players and I think that's maybe what it was down a bit 
before the international break where we were almost I think we I felt we were almost over rotating at times. Uh obviously any rest players here and there, but start with your strongest side first in Johnston. Um everybody comes through fit and healthy, it should be roughly the same same core at least for Leon. And then just get that as a basis. Uh, in the works, that is. Uh, it's just what we're going to have left in it. Hopefully, Hollander comes back. I think he's got to be a, an addition back to the defence. I like I like him when he starts. I think it's got to be Colton and Hollander. If that combination's there, we should use it as yeah. our first choice. Um, Barisic again, and then Tav. I think the back four kind of picks itself. And then the goalkeeper. Um, depends if McGregor or uh, McLaughlin's back, but I think we now know that my third choice keeper is well up for the challenge. He's done a fantastic job against Celtic, so even if he's to come in, absolutely fine by me. Uh, I think the first, second, and third choice positions still stay the same as what they were the first of the season, but I think. The only thing that's changed, and it's a massive thing, is there's so much more confidence in Robbie McCrory now. Because everybody's seen they had decent loan spells, but we all know it's one thing doing, doing it for Livingston or a mid-table job, and then going to do it for Rangers. Completely different. Mid, midfielder, I think, um, until, until other players find form and there's... Um, those players back for injury. Oh, in fact, Ryan Jack, he's been included in the Europa League squad. Did you see that? No, I did not know that. Brilliant. Aye. Aye. So, I don't think he's back to film match sharpness just yet, but that's indicating that they're expecting him to feature in Europe or be able to. So, that's terrific news. But until, um, you know, like I said, he's back for injury, other players pick up the format. The midfield three for me is uh, Davis, Kamara, Aribo. Um, yes, but all three are away international. So, and Davis is playing the night. Did the Rebo go? Was it no? Uh, Did he go? Uh, him and uh, um, Balligan. Balligan, yeah. Aye. Both of them played actually. Aye, like so, I you just hope that they are, they are back fit. Um, maybe there is an argument, no, to mix up that midfield. I don't know. I don't know. Do you go all out and just wrap up these points as soon as we can? Start yeah, stretching a stretch, stretch lead, even though we're not top of the table, but we've got a we've got a point difference now ahead of them. So let's keep extending it. Aye, I think your midfield is right, but maybe you could have an argument for putting in, you know, Lindstrom, Bakuna, and Wright, for example, just to just to mix it up and keep it, but. We've got such a strong midfield, though, haven't we? It's good to see We've that. Got such, a, such a strong squad all over, Graham. There's, yeah. like, out of the, the, what, the 24, 25, like, so every first team player, bar Brandon Barker, bless him, but he's, uh, there's nobody who I'd be worried about playing, and I include the likes of Stephen Kelly in that as well. I wouldn't be worried. Um, you know, there's MD coming in to cover for somebody. We've seen that with Patterson Bassey. We've seen that with Scott right now as well. No, there's nobody I'm really, who I'm really worried with in the squad. Mm. So, let's finish up. Give me your prediction for Saturday then. Okay, typical prediction. We'll give you a score. 
scorers and the time to go. Okay, so we're going to get a golden header. Golden header in the first 22 minutes. Take us to 1 0. We'll get another goal in the 44th minute. That's going to come through Morelos. And then in the second half, to make it 3 0 and wrap up the three points, we're going to have a Camara goal. A rare Camara goal. We've been over two one. That's that Camara anytime might might be decent odds. I might have a wee look at that on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go a comfortable two 0 Um Joe Rebo in the first half, thirty second minute, he picks the ball up, drives forward a wee bit, plays a one two with Tavernier, does that wee shimmy thing, just puts it tap in. You, you know the Rebo goal we talk about. That's um, Davin the assist and he will go. Um, and Alfie, just after the, the second half, uh, just after half time, like 49th minute, uh, he'll just shove one of the jobbers out of the way with his arse and put, slide it past the keeper. 2 0 Rangers are gone for. Do you know why I do these minutes? Like I choose the minutes specifically. I used to go in the bus, so on the supporters' bus, I used to put a sheet around and it would be, you know, a pound, and then you choose the first. When will the first goal be? So I just never pick that. So that's why it's always in my head. I always go into that into a, into a game thinking about that when the first moment will be because I really wanted that ninety pound. <laughs> I just presumed like you you, you worked in IT and that. No, I just presumed you had two master spreadsheets, one with the minute of every goal Rangers score and another with your predictions for the season. That's it. Exactly. I would get some crazy Excel formulas that are going to tell me exactly when it's going to happen. <laughs> well. I think that'll do uh, for this week, Graham. Um, last thing for me, uh, thank you for everybody's listening. And as always, let us know your thoughts on Follow Follow on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Let us know what you think, good, bad, and different. And you want to hear next week. Even if MD wants to get involved, this is a, I said, uh, said the kind of rallying cry, nobody needs the daily record, nobody needs the mainstream media. Um, fan media is where it's at. I might be a bit biased to um, part of fan media, but if you do want to get involved, then just like every other fan media platform, get in touch. Graham, thanks very much for, for having us as always. Thank you. Enjoyed that. Cheers, Colin. We are the people. We are. Take care.